Now more than ever, transportation business owners need industry experts at every stage in their company's life cycle. We bring them to you in the hot seat. Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney, and I'm very excited about our show today. We have Max Farrell, CEO and co-founder of Workhound with us. Max, welcome to the hot seat. Thank you, Spencer. Great to be here. Well, hey, before we heat things up, uh, why don't we just take 30 seconds, tell us uh, a little bit about Workhound, what you do, and what you're working on right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Workhound is a real-time feedback platform for frontline workers, and our beachhead focus has been trucking, where you all know that there's a really high turnover rate. So when we started the company over five years ago, we saw that a lot of guys are quitting because they don't feel respected and they don't feel like they have a voice. The only option historically had been exit interviews or annual surveys, which is either an autopsy or uh, it's too slow because in this business, a guy can be happy on Tuesday, fed up on Wednesday and quit by the end of the week. So what we did with WorkCount is build a real-time feedback loop where companies can be proactive understand the issues of their people and be able to uh, address those before somebody winds up quitting the company. Uh, what's been really rewarding for us is that we've got over 50,000 drivers uh, on the platform now at companies that have thousands of drivers or hundreds and have seen companies see a reduction of turnover by up to 30%. Mm. Well, I think that alone is going to get the attention of some folks uh, in our networks <laughs> today. So let's dive right in, sir. So, hey, you, you mentioned the problem. Why is they're a, drive, a driver turnover problem right now? So uh, I get asked this question a, a good bit. And really, I think the most succinct way to say it is that the entire burden of the supply chain is on a driver's shoulders, and there's not much that they can do about it. So you think about it, it's incredibly frustrating. A driver is told, you know, get this freight from point A to point B, but they can't control the hours of the service. That's set by the government. They can't control the, uh, the, the truck speed that's governed. They can't control the, uh, the construction or weather or traffic or when a shipper loads or uh, when a, a customer unloads, whatever it may be. Um, they can't control any of these things. So that's incredibly frustrating. And uh, a, a lot of times it's just assumed that, okay, these guys just do their job. So because of these assumptions, communication is lacking. And uh, so really it comes down to inefficiencies in the supply chain and figuring out how do we improve communication between drivers and all these different stakeholders. So it's a, it's a big, big problem. And, and, and many um, are, are trying to address this, address it. What are some of the, what are companies in the trucking space, logistics space doing right now to address driver retention? Uh, a bunch of things. I, I, I wish there was a silver bullet uh, to, to tackling this problem. A bunch of people do, but, but there's not. So it's important to figure out where do we fire the buckshot. And so as we look at our data across the, uh, the, the industry and all the feedback we've gotten over the past year, we saw that some of the top themes were around logistics, which is around operations challenges and the movement of freight, uh, equipment, which you know, is not only a driver's tool, but also their home to, uh, um, at the end of the day. Uh, people was another big challenge that we saw, especially dealing with driver-facing staff and the lack of empathy. You, know, you got young people that are uh, uh, the boss of drivers, and that's something that needs to be looked further into. And then pay, and really pay is a communication issue, where 41% of pay comments are about questions. So those are some of the top things that we've seen as far as what are the friction points causing drivers to to look for, for something over there. It makes sense. So 
I mean, it sounds kind of like, like an obvious or, or maybe not an obvious question. It's just, do the drivers want to be retained? I mean, um, what are they thinking? Well, I don't think anybody goes to work every day and says, you know what, I'm just going to give it my half. I, I don't think many people do that. Like most people want to go in and say, I want to do my best work. I want to be a, at a place where I'm challenged and fulfilled and really don't have to deal with, um, with any nonsense. As I think about, there's really three things it takes for someone to want to stay at a company, whether it's inside uh, an office environment or on the road. And it's that, is your pay enough to where money's off the table? Uh, are you, are, do you like the team that you work with to where like you aren't running into challenges? And then the, the third thing is that, do you feel like you're learning and growing and, and, and developing? And if all those three boxes are checked, it's really hard to leave a place. If some of those things are messing, missing, then people are going to start to look elsewhere. So really, it's important for companies to ask, are we checking those boxes for each of our people? Do you find that when those boxes are checked, that people are having issues with driver turnover? Well, a lot of, a lot of them are, wind up being missed. So like on, on the pay side of things, uh, the, the pay structure in trucking is one of the most convoluted pay structures in all of North America. It's, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people that are probably listening in right now, they're on salary. It's really simple. You get the same amount of money every week, but drivers have the variability of, um, you know, things like what is their cents per mile? How many miles are they running? What are some of the, uh, the inconveniences that they're getting paid for, like detention or tarping if they're in flatbed? Uh, there's all these variables that go into to what that amount is, and that can get really confusing. So, um, yeah, if, if those sorts of things aren't settled and, and aren't agreed upon and the expectations aren't aligned, people are going to go look for greener pastures if, if they feel like trust has been broken. It totally makes sense. So, you know, you, your world and my world, it kind of collides when it comes in the M&A space because we have, um, you know, part of the driver or one of the drivers of M&A is dealing with this problem. Um, mm -hmm. The constant change, you can't grow without drivers. So part of acquiring a company is you, you get the driver base, you get the revenue, you get all that. However, as you have um, explained to me in, in other conversations that, hey, this is still about transferring risk from one organization to another. And if they're not addressing um, some of these issues around driver retention, um, you know, maybe it's kind of limits what can happen there. So what, what are you seeing there? How, how does driver retention play a role in transitioning ownership from one trucking company to another? Well, I think you bring up a great point that uh, part of the goal of, of, a, of an acquisition is often to grow a fleet because the market is so tight right now. And uh, a lot of companies will say, oh, we're too busy to, to capture driver feedback during this time. We just have so many, uh, so many things to sort out with our deals. But if, if the big focus of that deal is to grow your driver fleet and you're not trying to figure out from day one in that transition, what does it take to keep these people as part that are part of this asset that we're bringing on? Then you're you're depreciating this company that you just purchased. So it's it's really important for companies to understand what are drivers thinking and feeling during the transition and after. Because you know in the feedback that we see, we see drivers asking like, what logo is going to be on on the side of the door when I step in the truck? Um, you know, who are the personnel that I'm going to report to? Is it the same people or new people? Are my benefits going to change? Is the company in, a, in good health because of this acquisition? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And mm -hmm. what we know is that human nature is that in the absence of information, people are going to expect the worst and, uh, and create their own perception. And perception is reality. 
So if, uh, if companies are, are transitioning or, uh, or acquiring a, another organization, it's really important for them to map out how are we controlling the message in this time of change. So let's talk about that for a minute. How important is that feedback loop? Um, how important is it for it to be anonymous in terms of you trying to get information? Well, in trucking especially, there, there's a fear of retaliation that exists in this industry. And it may not be because of the, your organization. It could be that somebody had a bridge burned at one, two, or three organizations before they, they came and worked with you. And uh, now they're here and they just have a lack of trust. So you're starting at a point where they're, you know, they're like, okay, prove to me that I can trust you versus immediately trusting from day one. Uh, so it's really important to, to start off at a place where there's a safe space to share honest feedback and then build trust from there. And that's a big reason why we built WorkCount the way we did is that there wasn't trust when somebody joined. They steadily build it, and that helps build um, confidence that they can share honest insights with a company and not worry about retaliation. That's great. So what's one thing that a trucking company right now could do that's actionable to increase driver retention? Oh, the, the one thing um, – I mean, outside of making sure they have a process to, to listen to their people, act on their issues and, and close the feedback loop and tell them what they did. Of course, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, it's just aligning expectations, uh, making sure that uh, when somebody joins the company, they're aligned on what is the pay and how is the pay structured and when does it happen? What is our communication style? Uh, what is our home time? How do you request that? Um, and then what is, our, what is the equipment set up? And then continue to check back in uh, regularly to make sure, are we aligned on expectations? And if companies are, are doing that and then um, correcting things when, when something goes off, then good things will happen. It, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. Like blocking and tackling can be a lot of work, but it's an incredibly powerful exercise if companies just get aligned from day one with their, uh, their new team members. So excellent feedback, excellent insight. What about the folks, I mean, because of COVID, a lot of disruption in terms of just bringing in new drivers to the profession itself. So what kind of challenges mm -hmm. is this creating for uh, owners of trucking businesses? What can they do about well, it? Well, first, uh, you, you're, you're certainly pointing out a, a glaring thing that's happened over the past year. There hasn't been the, the expected amount of new drivers entering the industry uh, because of CDL training schools being behind or certification uh, testing being behind. There's a, there's a backlog right now. So, if there's a, a shortage of new people entering the industry, a company's best bet is to patch up that leaky bucket as quick as possible. And it, so it starts with the retention. How do we go overboard to, uh, to make sure we, we keep our best people and uh, make sure we are the carrier of choice? Uh, because historically, companies have leaned towards recruiting. It's what you can measure. And they know if I, uh, if I throw a bucket of money in recruiting, here's the output I'm going to get. Historically, re retention is harder to measure. Uh, but right now, you see companies throwing a bunch of pay incentives uh, to, to try to recruit new people to stay on. But pay is like sugar water. It's not going to, uh, to get you the desired result in the long run. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to one last question for you, sir, a little wild card. Um, uh, you know, they call Chattanooga the Silicon Valley of uh, trucking here. So let's talk about forward futurist thinking. What is the number one podcast that you would recommend to folks in the transportation logistics space right now? Oh, my goodness. 
Um, so I would have to say the, uh, the Dynamo podcast, um, and it's put on here, um, by, uh, by one of our investors, uh, out of Chattanooga, the Dynamo uh, venture capital firm. And, uh, they are future thinking as far as what is the future of the supply chain look like. Uh, and they, they have great conversations. So that'd be something I'd recommend people uh, look into. And that is the advertisement for Dynamo right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, no joke. Those guys are uh, really great thinkers for this industry. And, uh, and, and also, uh, Mr. Mr. Farrell falls in that category as well. Thanks for all that you're doing for our industry. Thanks for being in the hot seat with us. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time.